to my podcast. Let's go. I'm all about doing what I want to do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team, we're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Welcome to my first investment property podcast where we talk about our experience gained, wisdom learned, and the lessons learned throughout the process of real estate investment and development. I'm Edwin Carrion, the creator of my first investment property podcast. Stay on after the show, and I'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that being said, let's get started. Well, hey, super excited to have my next guest joining me in studio today, Damian Lupo. If you take a look at his background and his bio, it's pretty amazing. So Damian, I'm super excited to bring you to the show. So welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So you've got a pretty diverse background. I mean, in terms of all the stuff that you've done um, and looking at your website, it says financial mentor and host to the Financial Underdogs podcast. I guess your logo intentionally stuck out when I looked at your Facebook page and it was the FU podcast. Um, so it made me take a second look and go, oh, what is this? So do you want to share a bit with our audience about kind of who you are, your background and, and what you do? Yeah, I'm the one that I'm the contrarian that doesn't really work uh, very well with being told what to do. And it's it's funny because I went to college four times, got thrown out once. And the other time I lasted 45 minutes until I found out the the teacher was a communist, started telling us about redistribution of wealth was a good thing. And so I ran out of there and, and then I started doing different things. And it was funny because somebody said, so are you, have you always been an entrepreneur? And I go, when I'm sane, because when I'm insane, I go do some type of job. And the last job I had was a volunteer for Peter Schiff, who many people know is a, a pretty popular uh, guy on, on financial networks. Yeah. I volunteered for his Senate bid in 2010. I got fired as a volunteer. I'm like, how do you fire a volunteer? I'm free. <laughs> and they said, we just think you'd be happier or better somewhere else. I'm like, you guys don't care about winning. I cared about winning. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. So that's what I go. I go, I, I go, it's like win or die. And that's, yeah. that's just my thing. So that was uh, that, that's my background in a really weird nutshell. It's just, I, I've done it so many times. That's who I am. And as an entrepreneur, you have to keep doing that or you go nuts and you'll break out or you get fired. Yeah. I tell people I was just never a good employee. That's why I work for myself. Um, so I always find a better way to do it. Why don't we do it this way or faster or better? It's like, no, we've always done it this way. It's like, then I can't help you. Yeah. That's the B students. They're, they're good for being bureaucrats. Typically that they, they say that or bankers. Well, and it's just to give you some comfort, I mean, my experience with all the political campaigns I've worked in is pretty much the same as yours, that, that it's a pretty conservative view um, and no one wants to be aggressive and uh, and uh, be the contrary. And like you said. No, they, they don't. I mean, and a lot of people play their lives the same way. They play not to lose. And anytime we've ever seen any sports team, whether it's hockey or baseball or football or whatever, if you see them start playing not to lose, they lose. And yeah. so there's, and that, I mean, it just happens in everything. And I think a lot of people are playing their lives that way. They're playing defense all the time. And it's actually pretty pathetic because they end up dying early or just being, die, you know, die miserable. So how do you um, play to win and, and help your clients play to win when they're looking at retirement. I mean, lots of times you hear retirement people going, Oh, if I just, you know, freedom 55 and you get to 55 and retire and they're looking at like a minimal retirement instead of saying, Hey, how could I really build wealth? So instead of retiring and just living a modest life, I could do really cool things, take my family and grandkids and travel and do this sort of stuff. 
The first thing, people have to stop listening to the idiots that are called financial advisors. And most of them are idiots. They, they're they dream killers. They're dream snatchers. They take away people's hopes and, and possibility and they put them into a box and they say, oh, well, here's what you could do. If you if you save $10,000 or $50,000 a year and then we, say we have this much money and then we keep it in mutual funds and then you can pull out 3.5% a year. Like they have this magic formula and they get all these credentials and they go, I'm credentialed. Therefore, I'm important. And I know what I'm talking about. Like, no, you're in a box. And, and so the, the alternative is you find people that will actually inspire you and, 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 and give you a, a, a vessel or give you a way to actually feel comfortable in dreaming big and then saying, okay, well, how do we do that? And one of the things that people, they just, we don't have any training in this. Like it doesn't matter what school yeah. system in the world, we're trained to really not have these huge dreams. Ted Turner's dad, I guess, uh, hit his goals and then he died and and Ted said, this is a problem. So one of the things Ted did was say, I'm going to have goals that I can't possibly achieve in my life. So the goal and the mission of, of what I do with the EQRP company is to break a million people's financial bondage, or a million people's financial shackles. Financial bondage is modern day slavery. And, and so my life's work and, and the crew that I have, our Badger crew, our Honey Badger crew, this is all we're doing. We're just finding ways. To, and sometimes it's, it's having a conversation with somebody that doesn't buy anything from us and we help to break a shackle, which is the mission. So it doesn't matter about the money. People get so transactional, like we got to sell something. And sometimes we sell something because somebody can't wait to buy it. And that's totally different because they understand that they're part of a culture that's more focused on them being free than just getting some money and them still being enslaved. And I think that's, that, that's something that we should all consider. It's our system is not set up to free us. It's set up to enslave us unless we're conscious. And you got to get around people that are conscious that also have your best interest at heart, not just the fees they're going to suck out of you. So then how do you go about that? I mean, cause you're right. I mean, we've been raised a certain way that used to be get a good job, you know, get an education, get a good job, work 40 years, retire and life is happy. And then you look at the, the average number of paychecks that retired people collect. And to your point, they die because they have no goal, no reason to get up in the morning other than to watch the news. Um, so that's a big obstacle. So how do you have that conversation with people and get them started in that direction? Well, first off, it's having an honest conversation saying this gold watch is a gold plated watch. So it's nonsense. Anyway, even we're working 40 years for a bunch for a fraud. And, and then, and then you really start to push people past what their, their tribal comfort zone is. Most people are going to tell you that this is what I want because the people around them, it's basically okay for them. And people want to, they want to be accepted. We don't want to be judged. It's a survival thing. We don't want to be kicked out into the woods. And so we tend to do what people are going to think is okay. Otherwise we're going to be out there naked and get eaten by something. So it's, you know, there, there's first off it's saying, okay, let's, let's think about something that's bigger than our lives, bigger than, than just us. I was really good at being good about Damien and I was a great hedonist. If you looked up hedonist, there was like three pictures of me because I was so important. I had to have three of me in that damn place in the dictionary. So what, what's the shift? Well, back then it was all about how much more and more was better. Now I know that more isn't better. More is just more. Sometimes it's better. And, and it shifted from like when I was building up my real estate empire, it was about more money and more stuff to consume. Now it's about more people. And I say, I say today is better. Back then it was just more. And so I think we, when we shift over doing work that matters for other people and not just for more net worth, net worth is cool. Net worth is a reflection of your service to other people. And they, they work together. I mean, it's Zig Ziglar said this, and I've heard it a million times. You probably have too. You can have anything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't even know what they want because they've never been given the opportunity to think big. And it's like thinking. If you're going to think, you may as well think big. You're going to do it anyway. 
I'm just laughing because it's that's a tough conversation. I mean, I, I look at you know um, the business situations and family and friends, and and to your point, people don't think that way. So take us back to you know your earlier days when you started out. I mean, um, I'm assuming that you're wired this way, so you've been this way probably all of your life. Um, but at some point, you pulled the trigger and you went in this new direction. So what did that look like? Well, it's funny because when I, I was grow, I grew up in Alaska, and one of the things that I, I realized when I look back, and, and this probably happens for most people, I, the decades go by, you look back, you're like, God, I was dumb. And I, I was back in my early 20s, or late teens even, and I went and I worked in the Arctic Circle. And my plan was I was going to cut cut fruit and wash dishes for three years and then retire and trade in the stock market with 100 grand. That was my entire plan. This, this tells you how smart 18, 19, 20-year-olds can be. And so I had this plan until I realized my brain was going to turn to mush before I would actually get there. And, and so there was, I I got out of there and, and, you know, it was just really, it was an exploration. It was, it was our human curiosity and it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or not. There's, there's a curious piece of anybody, even if you're an accountant and you never go out of the basement and you just look at spreadsheets all day as a kid, you were probably curious about something. I just can't, I won't stop. I won't stop being curious. So the shift was becoming curious about how big life could be because we have this one experience. I believe we're, there were spiritual beings in a human experience. And so I go, well, let's, let's figure out how, how amazing this experience can be, how much I can grow. And, and, and it was more, it, it shifted to other people as I went to these different ventures, real estate development and venture capital insurance, uh, precious metals, all these different companies. And that was just building layers of wisdom. And I called that the layers of baldness. The, the more bald you are, the more wise you are. Maybe that's true. I don't know. Yoda, for Yoda, it was. It worked for Yoda. It worked for Yoda. For, for me, I just, I look at it as scar tissue and, and it's incredibly valuable because there's a, there's an emotional intelligence when you've gone through things, you don't have to look at a spreadsheet. You don't have to, I can look at a deal and in literally 30 seconds, I can say, this is a bad deal. And am I right every time? No, but most of the time I am. And when, I, when it's a good deal, it doesn't take me six months to be paralyzed. And before I tiptoe into it, I just say, let's go. It really does change it when you've gone through the experience. And that's that's the last 20 years of my life. And for anybody that's not there yet, you haven't gone through that 20 years, start with it today. It's like the old tree, plant it 20 years ago or plant it today, but plant it, do something. And that's that's the, the issue. Yeah. Most people are just waiting for the perfect time when all the lights are green before you leave the driveway. That's a bad idea. Yeah, it is a bad idea. I mean, I'm, yeah, I just think back in our personal life, like, hey, let's wait till this is in order, then get married, then have kids. Like we never would have got married, had kids because never, you know, life's never perfect stuff happens. And then, you know, this decade we look at, hey, COVID, who would have known in, in, you know, February, March, we we're going to start to shut down uh, businesses all around the world. Um, I don't know. Well, apparently Bill Gates knew that was going to happen because he said a pandemic was coming, but beyond Bill, because <laughs> Bill's a pretty smart guy, but you know, it, we, maybe his things, pandemic was, was the, the success of um, Amazon compared to, uh, to Microsoft. I don't know. That could be, it's, yeah. I mean, we, we have to be prepared here. Here's one of the most valuable things that people have to get. It doesn't matter what you know anymore. It matters how fast you can adapt. Mm. If you think that you have a great tool or a great skill, rules can change. How do I know this? Because the government is in charge of rules. <laughs> and they change all the time. And it makes no sense. And the bankers get involved. And the bankers are like, well, we just make up money out of thin air. That makes sense. Like sure. None of this makes sense, but it's still happening. And so if you can't adapt with an ever-changing rule set or or, or system, you're, you're going to get run over by the system. It's going to land on your head. I call this the black swan we're afraid of. I'm like, yeah, it's not the black swan. We can all be, deal with the black swan. It's a black swan that lands on the black swan. It's called BS squared. 
when that happens, your life is a real mess and you have to really adapt fast. Otherwise you get suffocated by these two swans. Yeah. I'm just making a note. I love that. It doesn't matter how fast or how much we know it's how quickly you can adapt. That, that makes total sense. So given the situation where we're at now and what you're doing to, to help, you know, look after your business and look after your clients, um, what, uh, what direction are you guys going? One of the things that we're doing different, and this is another, it's an evolution. And this is, you can see, you can tell a lot about a company based on the leadership. And w- one of the things I can tell you is I'm embarrassed about any type of leader that I pretended to be 20, 15 years ago. Now it's, it's about having a people. It's about bringing more people in. I was kind of scared of people because I was a bad leader. And so I had bad people and they're a reflection of who's in charge. Now I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an, an a-hole, but I have really great people. So maybe I learned something. And and what I can't wait to do is bring more people on and yeah. create a culture. That's one of the most powerful things that anybody can do. And if you're scared of having people, then you aren't you haven't evolved enough. You need to go out there and bleed and 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 get in the mud puddles and, and just get dirty. Because ultimately culture is, there is no competition for superior culture. And when you have superior culture, people can't wait to be a part of it. And there's like this fight to get in. And everybody that's an A player wants all their friends to be a part of it. It's a totally, totally cool space to be in. And I'm, I'm like incredibly humbled and blessed that I have these amazing people because we're creating this, this freedom with our, our tribe, our clients together. And it's not just me trying to beat down the next door. It's, it's, a, it's a whole movement. So in terms of, um, you know, if we had giving people an idea of what it is you do, can you just explain in simple layman's terms, what are they, the services, the value add, how do you serve your tribe? We serve them by giving them access to their retirement account, which is typically, especially in, in, in the United States, it's the most money people have is sitting in retirement accounts. Maybe they have some equity in a piece of real estate, but for most people, they've got a 401k or an IRA. Yep. And that's where their cash is. That's where their liquidity, that's where their net worth lives that they're going to eat. You can't eat your house. I know some people think you can do some funny things with reverse mortgages, but you're not going to eat your house. It'll eat you. So retirement accounts, bottom line, we give people access to them. And then we teach them how to use that money for investing in real things that are not Wall Street, things like Main Street real estate, things like gold, things like startups, things where you actually can look eyeball, eyeball, eyeball to eyeball with the people that are that are doing the thing that you're investing in. You're investing in people and not just smoke and mirrors and, and derivatives and whatever else, else Wall Street's coming up with. And we just give people access to it. And we show them how to actually invest and then avoid taxes completely. Like there's there are ways to take taxes down to zero. I mean, people can do it now. Will those laws always be the same? No. 100% guaranteed. Like, yeah. like we know winter is coming after fall. We also know the tax laws are, are going to be changed next year and the year after that. Yep. So we just keep evolving with with those rules and making sure people can keep more of their money that they've earned instead of having it stolen by these these bureaucrats that have never worked a day in their life. So how um, when you're when you're having this conversation with people, I mean, what level of of knowledge and education do they need to have in advance of having a conversation? Because I've had a conversation with lots of financial planners and you sound different than everyone else I've had a conversation with, which is not a bad thing. I I, I like I like what what you do and the direction that you take, and I like how bold and upfront you are uh, with what you do. So, but for some people, this is going to sound overwhelming and intimidating. So, for for people who have had a very conservative approach before, like you said, all their retirements and four hundred one ks, how do you start that conversation uh, with them and what, how much knowledge do they need to have? Because you're talking about, hey, real estate and, and metals and, and startups, and that's a lot of stuff. 
here's what people have to have. They don't have to have knowledge. They have to have vulnerability and be honest about the truth, whatever it is, whatever it is, meaning whatever their financial life is and wherever they want to go. Most, most financial advisors will just tell you what you want to hear. And then they'll scare you into thinking you're too stupid to do your own thing. That's unfortunately the reality. And if you say, I'm going to do my own thing, they say, well, get out of here. I don't want you anyway. It's, I mean, I've seen this hundreds and hundreds of times. So it's, it's not about knowing anything. It's about saying I'm willing to learn and being like, there's this crazy thing. A four letter word apparently is the, is the word work. People think it's a four letter word. Like, oh my gosh, work. You said work. I can't do work. I need to, I'm entitled. I'm a victim. I'm like, yeah, that's why you are where you are. So when people want to go come into our ecosystem, they're going to get raw. They're going to get truth. We don't tell anybody what they want to hear. We tell them what they need to hear. We tell them what what is really happening and, and what there are consequences of how we believe and our behaviors because of those beliefs and, and how it drives us to where we are and where we're going, which is a reflection of our past because most people are going to continue going in the same direction. It's called momentum. Yeah. And we just say, here, here's where you're heading. And if they say, that's not true, I'm like, how do you? How can you disagree? You're going in the same direction because you're doing the same things. So it's a different conversation around candid conversation. I mean, that's just what it is. That is not something that we see very often anymore. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, a friend of mine just reached out to me. He said, hey, you've got a best-selling book. I'm going to publish a book. And I said, what's your book about? He said, I'm going to publish a book on how I grew up. Um, it's kind of third-generation welfare. So living on government assistance and how I broke free of that, married, had a successful job, started a business, and I'm financially free. Um, so that's a great story. People, people can relate to that when they've been in that situation. And I said, at some point you need to stop blaming your parents, the school system, the government, and you need to look in the mirror and say, it's up to me. If you don't do that, you're, you're literally going to be on a merry-go-round of victimhood and blaming and justifying your life until you die. And there's absolutely no control. I, I was listening to the Winklevoss twins who are big, uh, Bitcoin crypto guys. They, they were the co-founders of Gemini. And, and they were talking about this and they, they made a comment. I was listening to this this morning on CNBC. And, and one of the things they said was, if the words come out of your mouth, well, we'll just have to see, you've already given up all your power. You're not going out to create it. And, and I was like, wow, have I said that? And sometimes I'll say, well, it, I guess we'll just see what happens. And I'm like, oh man, I'm never saying that again. I'm, I'm going to shoot myself in the tongue. Like, it's just, it's really disturbing to think about how much power we give up when we say things and our words define us. And so I would, I would challenge everybody that's listening when you, whatever you're saying, either record yourself or ask somebody, what are the things that I say that are disempowering? And if you actually have a friend that cares about you, uh, that really cares about you and knows you won't like punch him in the face, you might actually get some really interesting feedback because we tend to say things that are really debilitating. Yeah, we started doing that. I mean, uh, just my wife and I, it was just something internally. I went, you know, sometimes you put yourself down. So next time you put yourself down, I'm going to make you say three positive things. And you do the same to me. And it wasn't it's like, it's not a big deal. It wasn't a scary thing. There's just the two of us. No one else knows. Um, but it's surprising how many times you'll say something. Someone will give you a compliment. And you'll brush it off. Oh yeah. Like whatever. It's like, no, take the compliment, say thank you. Um, but to your point, yeah, you're the way you think obviously determines your altitude and yeah, where you're going. Yeah. It's it, to your point on that, that, that one, that's a great example. One of the things that people are really good at is either contributing or consuming. So contributing, we, we're really good at giving. We're really good at doing things. We're good at being martyrs. That's the yeah. extreme where we just give. <laughs> yeah. But we're not, we're not very good at, 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 at consuming. Like when somebody gives you something, they say, thank you. I was really good at consuming everything in sight because I was a total hedonist. I ate everything, everything, you know, <laughs> like a Brandosaurus Rex. 
but that was, you know, that was my thing. I wasn't really good at contributing. I was just good at taking. And there's a great book called Makers and Takers about Wall Street. There are people that make and there are people that take. And the reality with consuming and contributing is you've got to be able to circulate between the two. You've got to be able to say thank you and receive thank you and, and be able to give and receive. And it's it's equally beneficial to be able to do both and be in circulation. It, it Otherwise, you're blocking energy. And a lot of people don't realize that if you can't, if you can't accept something and say thank you and be good, then you're really taking something away from somebody. And people don't realize, they don't think about that. They're like, oh, I, I, I need to defend that or, or whatever. But it's, it's a powerful thing because you can really give a lot to people by being gracious and, and allowing them to do things for you. Absolutely. I think you're robbing them of the chance to give. You are. That's, you're that's you're, the way you're I've a robber. Yeah, my, my, my daughter was in a fundraiser for a, a missions trip she was going on. I said, I'm not writing the check for the whole thing. You're going to go and ask people because there's people who would like to go that can't go. And there's people who would like to give. So you need to ask them. At the end, if you're short, we'll write the, we'll write you the check. But the reality was uh, it's a blessing for other people to be able to give because they want, like you said, they want to be givers. And if there's no takers, then that's the end of that road. I have, a, I have a thing that I do. I do. I have an R and D budget for me personally, where every year I, I have a budget, and it's yeah, it's, it's my personal R and D. It's personal development R and D. Like I, yeah. I have, you know, whatever it's fifty thousand bucks, and I say I'm I got to go find something to make me better yeah. because I'm not good enough just to do it. So I need I'm gonna I'm gonna go hire and invest in some help. And I also have my my contribution, my my charity budget, and it's it's funny because if I don't see anything that inspires me, then I have to ask other questions. I got this budget. It's November. What am I going to do? I'm going to create a charity. I'm going to create something. I'm going to find something that's going to tilt the needle and do something good for other people. And so it's it's being it's being proactive and mindful about these things that are really important. I mean, you it's really important to keep growing. It's one of the basic human needs and being able to give one of the basic human needs. If you don't satisfy these things, there's going to be a feeling of something's missing. We yeah. have to find ways to fill those things. And if you actually plan around it, life is a little bit sweeter. Yep, that's so cool. Well, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna have to wrap it up, but I want to just leave with a uh, just last the most important question, Damien. How can people connect with you, learn more about you? I, I know you're a podcaster because I've I've looked at your podcast. I see you've got lots of videos on your site. So where do you want people to track you down? I'd love to have people visit Financial Underdogs and and hear what I'm talking about and sharing every week, talking about the FU and really FU is FU at the system because I believe in people more than I do the system. And so I talk about the, the raw truths of money and, and investing and finance and you know, the self-respect we have to have for ourselves and just you know really digging into things that are totally not politically correct. I'm totally going to get unplatformed at some point because I'm honest. And so Financial Underdogs is, is where people can find out more. And if, you, if you're here, still here 25 minutes in, you, maybe you want to listen a little bit more. I would love that. And so please join me, Financial Underdogs. Sounds super cool. Thanks so much. Just want to say thanks for your time. I uh, really appreciate it. A-listers, uh, lots of information, definitely a different opinion, a different direction um, than a lot of the guests we talked to. I uh, love what Damien's doing. There's lots of resources on his website, so head over there and check it out. So thanks again for tuning in. Thank you very much. I'm all about doing what I want to do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team, we're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story and you want to be a guest on my show, please visit my website, edwincarrion.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. And if you like what you heard today, please follow me on my social media channels, Instagram and Facebook at edwincarrion78, 
or click on the link on my website. Also, please subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Spotify, and you'll find our podcast there, whatever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Edwin Carrion. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. Until next time. Mm-hmm.